Good morning and welcome to the May 29th episode of the Daily Wrestling News Show, where we are on a mission to teach, learn, and remember the history of professional wrestling with everyone that wants to join us. My name is Ryan Joy. I'm joined by John DeConti. We are talking about Monday Night Raw from May 29th, 1995. Like we do every Monday, we're just going through the Raws as they happen, and we are up to May 29th. Today is the day in 1995. Uh, John, what do you think? We're, we're getting close to the King of the Ring now. Yeah, exactly. This was a nice, tidy show. Uh, plenty of big names. And once again, we're in that guy you know versus guy who lives in the, down the block. But still, still through the, we're still living through that taping from May 15th in Broome County. Broome County Arena, I should say, in Binghamton. So we're still with that upstate New York crowd. And uh, yeah, like you said, we're rolling towards King of the Ring. Yeah, this is our last week in Binghamton. So Vince told us at the end of the episode, we're going to be live next week. And I think they're in Ohio. So that'll be, and those tapings, I'm sure will take them all the way to the King of the Ring, which is June. Uh, maybe it won't take them all the way, but get them pretty close. Yeah. King of the Ring is going to be June 25th. Yes. So I guess they only have three more episodes. So I guess that'll probably take them all the way. Yeah. yeah. So we, cold open, Double J's cutting a promo saying that he's the world's greatest singer, entertainer, and then the bell start to toll. Vince McMahon's kind of picking on him the whole time that he's talking, which is a little weird. A Double J and The Undertaker is the main event, and it is a King of the Ring qualifying match. The winner is going to face Mabel in the first round of the King of the Ring. So congratulations, Double J. If you beat The Undertaker, then you got to go against the 500-pound giant. Exactly. Yeah, not exactly a win-win situation. Mm -mm. Vince also says we're going to hear from Diesel, who suffered an injury. Jerry says he's the only real king. We have a special interview coming up with Alundra Blaze, and Hakushi is going to be in action. But we start things off with Psycho Sid, who's accompanied by Tatanka and the Million Dollar Man. And he's going up against Mike Kahori, and it doesn't last long. Exactly. I mean, what do we get about a minute, 20 seconds? Yeah. Slap him around a little bit, power bomb, we're out. You know, what's funny is I hear diesel chants during the match, and then I look at the crowd, nobody is chanting. <laughs> a telltale sign of a taped show right there. Power bomb for the win. I put a note here because I just feel like the power bomb from Sid and the power, the jackknife from Kevin Nash, they just looked so impressive back then. Yeah. I think it's because like they pull, they bring the person up slowly and then they drop them and they seem like a really far distance to drop versus like, you know, when Wardlow does it to on like today's television, first Wardlow is not as tall as these guys, but it's more right. of a snap motion where the person comes up and comes right down. I don't think that looks quite as impressive as long ride down. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. And there are times when, let's say, Gunter just ragdolls the guy. Yeah. Then that is, oh, Jesus Christ. You feel terrible for the guy taking the bump. But yeah, Sid and Diesel, I, every time Diesel let go of a power bomb, I held my breath for whoever was taking the fall. Yeah, it was like Diesel's job to get them up there. Once they're up there, they're on their own. <laughs> <laughs> you 
You're, that is the one thing I was saying. So I, I wasn't picking on Wardlow. You're right. Gunter destroys the guy. And Wardlow, there's something too. He does them quickly so that he can do another one or whatever. But back in these days, they were slow. They were slow rise and they were long fall. Yeah. So anyway, powerbomb for the win. Then we see Diesel in the hospital. He had an appointment with Dr. Andrews. Apparently got injured when he choked when he got choke slammed and powerbombed because he didn't brace himself correctly and he got hit his elbow. The Wrestling Observer newsletter from June 5th, Melter noted that he had to get bone chips removed. He's expected to be out until mid-June, but that he'll definitely make King of the Ring. So there you go. That's the prognosis from the sheet. <laughs> and last week we mentioned that eventually Bam Bam and Diesel are definitely going to accept that tag match, but they're not going to drag it out for five. Okay, there, there's a surgery involved there. So, yeah, they are going to drag it out for five weeks. I haven't looked at the card. Is that the match? Is that on the King of the Ring? Yeah, sure there, is. It is. Oh, my God. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, I guess they figure that the, the tournament is enough. The Double J and the roadie, they're in the back. Double J says he's not scared. But, of course, if he's having to explain that he's not scared, chances are he probably is. Oh, yeah. Take that. Now, WrestleMania 11 is going to get shown on network television, Vince explains. It's a special one-hour version of the show, which I was thinking to myself, that's probably not too bad. One-hour yeah. presentation of the show. <laughs> it might be <laughs> a little too much you're right it was a big deal though it was the first time in four years that wwe had been on nbc basically since they nbc canceled saturday night's main event so it was a big deal for them and they got six figures multiple times over for it it was a good deal yeah anytime vince weasels his way onto actual network tv that's a big win you just wish they had something better to present the national audience than a recap of wrestlemania 11. that interest from that lawrence taylor thing is what i think that they were is the reason they were able to sell it because he was just he was such a well-known figure and they had content with him that they could fill at any any point and if people didn't pay for it back two three months ago now they can watch it that match and the Diesel Shawn Michaels match for free. There you go. Adam Bomb going up against Cook. Yeah. And Adam My, Bomb, much like Sid, does not get paid by the hour. No, two minutes, four seconds. Um, my favorite part of this match was when Vince teased jerry lawler about here comes bret hart again and my second favorite part was afterwards when adam bomb threw those awesome little nerf footballs that might be the greatest piece of merch wwf has ever created the were the adam bomb nerf footballs that he threw deep into the crowd after some of his matches they couldn't do those now because if those things were in the arena they would be constantly thrown at the ring Yep. Big clothesline from Adam Bomb to get the pinfall victory. Okay. Now I think I have to straighten something out here because I have a tendency to say Todd Pettengale. I think his name is Todd Pettengill. Yes. Not Gale. Although yeah, I think I, I've always known that you spell it Pet Ten Gill. Like right. you reach into the lake and pet the fish as it goes by. But anyway, <laughs> he's there with the Todd Pettengill is there with the King of the Ring report. And he doesn't tell us much. Just Bam and Diesel versus Sid and Tatanka. King of the Ring. Oh, I guess I, if I just read my notes further down. We get a, a promo from Superstars where Bam Bam explains they aren't stopping until the corporation is 
broke. And then Diesel clarifies that it's a million dollar corporation. So we're not talking about until they run out of money. We're talking about until they're broke. And he makes the motion with his hands to like they're breaking them, snapping like twigs. And then Todd goes back to the King of the Ring report and he just asked Jerry Lawler, hey, what's the deal with Brett's challenge? You going to accept it? Vince calls Jerry a coward. Lawler calls Brett an idiot. We evade the subject entirely. King is very good at that. Let me make fun of Bret Hart's mom instead of answering the question. Next up is Hakushi in action against John Sanowski, similar to Adam Baum and Sid before him. This one goes two minutes, 34 seconds. They are getting progressively longer by about 30 seconds each time out. Seconds on, sure. Yeah. Hakushi comes out with a bag. His entrance is really good, by the way. There's all, all the focuses on him. It's very mystical, whatever. But he's got like a burlap bag, and out of it he pulls a Bret Hart mask, the full head thing. And uh, <laughs> Jerry Lawler. I wish it was his real head. <laughs> and the whole thing would have made sense if Hakushi had beaten him. Okay, here's the severed head of my foe. But what the hell is the point? You lost. <laughs> but Hakushi did come back at the and Brett's second match at In Your House and interfere. So he did. Yeah. He cost him a match, sure, but he didn't beat him. <laughs> no. No. So I guess the unfinished business with both Hakushi and Jerry Lawler, perhaps we'll get a handicap match. Okay. Then we have Todd Petten Gill with a Hall of Fame report. Last week he told us Antonino Rocca was announced for the Hall of Fame, and this time we know it's going to be the big cat Ernie Ladd. He's the second inductee, and Polish power Ivan Putski is going to be the third inductee for this year's Hall of Fame class. Shaping up to be a quality class. Yeah, and more are on the way, he tells us. So we'll have to stay tuned. Vince McMahon introduces Alundra Blaze. The king comments that the swelling has not gone out of Blaze's nose yet. <laughs> it is just, it's stunning to me. I know it's almost 30 years ago, but he did not miss. And it's one thing to make fun of Bret Hart and Bret Hart's mom. But when whoever the babyface female was, anytime there's a babyface female, he is just brutal to them. I just can't believe they let it. I understand he's a heel. He's supposed to be an SOB. He's so brutal to the every word yeah. he ever uttered about Alundra Blaze would get him fired today. <laughs> Most of the things Lawler said over the years. In fact, I did say something about Tozawa that got pretty much taken off of Raw. They had brought him back for a while. This is the first time we see Alundra Blaze since the Raw on April 3rd. If you remember, she was not on WrestleMania 11, and she did have a match on the April 3rd episode of Raw where she won the title. Yes. And Meltzer wrote in The Observer that a lot of his readers thought it was better than anything on WrestleMania. So Alundra Blaze is quality worker here. We haven't seen her in quite a while, but she's back. And, of course... 
Bertha Fay is the target. She took her out for all those weeks. Yeah, and apparently Vince agrees with Meltzer because he's stumbling over his words as he says it. This is the first time we've seen you since you won the title, blah, blah, blah. And he refers to it as one of the greatest matches in WWF history. And you kind of get the feeling about the way it came out of his mouth. That's not what he meant to say. Like maybe he meant to say one of the greatest women's matches, whatever. But like he basically said that was one of the greatest matches in WWF history. All right. Calm down, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> well, if history went back to WrestleMania 11, it might have been. So uh, we they do announce that next week we have the British Bulldog versus Owen Hart in a King of the Ring qualifying match. Later on, we'd go back to Todd Pettengill, and he would explain that Bulldog, if he were to win, he'd be the third member of the Hart family to win the King of the Ring. So if he qualified and made it through... That's where it, that'd be pretty cool. And I agree with him. That would be pretty cool. But Absolutely. I know it doesn't happen. Exactly. And now Owen is the reigning king of the ring, and he feels he should just be given a slot in this year's tournament. But he's going to have to, he's going to have to earn his way in against his brother in law. Yeah. I don't know why. Shouldn't he just wrestle the winner of the tournament? Shouldn't the be like person wrestles in tournament to get shot at king? That would make sense. WWF slash E doesn't always worry about making sense. Yeah. Men on a mission have a tag match going up against Gary Scott and Aaron Ferguson. This one goes a full 345. Mabel hits a nasty splash and then his like Uranagi slam for the pinfall victory on this one. Sorry, Gary. Sorry, Aaron. Exactly. <laughs> we do get a look at the brackets. For the King of the Ring tournament, we know that Mabel will be wrestling the winner of the Undertaker-Jeff Jarrett match. Kama Mustafa, the Supreme Fighting Machine, he has qualified and he'll be wrestling Shawn Michaels in the first round. Bob Holly versus a question mark, not sure yet. And Razor Ramon versus a question mark. Now, one of them is going to be Owen Bulldog, not sure which. Next week, we got the Owen Bulldog thing. Undertaker and Jeff Jarrett is next. But first, Barry Dodinsky has a raw hat and an Undertaker shirt this week. (laughs) Thank God for Barry Dodinsky. I have a beef with him. He's the meat coming small, medium, large, extra large, and for you bigger guys, double XL. (laughs) (laughs) Just think about how today's day and age, sizes go up to 5XL. Just on the WWE shop, let alone some other places that'll make one for you even bigger than that. Like, I think they start at double XL now. I don't remember the last time I've seen a shirt advertised under size XL. Right, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Barry. Undertaker goes up against Double J. Jeff Jarrett. Undertaker's with Paul Bear. Jeff Jarrett's with the roadie. Match goes 8.54. Jarrett pulls a pretty good match out here, I think. He do, he really sells well that he's a little fearful of The Undertaker, but yeah, he's competing. And The Undertaker looks massive in there with Double J. In later years, I don't think Taker looked as big, maybe because the people were bigger, but man, he looked massive against Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, and Jarrett's not particularly no. big, not particularly small. He's a your average size wrestler, but yeah, the... 
Taker just looked dominant and large and a couple of choke slams and a tombstone to put Jared away. But Jared got his licks in here. He played the, the chicken shit heel to perfection, but Undertaker is moving on to the king of the ring. Yeah, and it was fun. We got to see the Undertaker walk the ropes. So yeah. that's always cool. Old school, as he would be, as they would call it later. So Taker faces Mabel in the first round. So that's the thing we know. Next week, Vince McMahon tells us we're going to have Savio Vega in action as well as Man Mountain Rock. So we've got that plus Owen Hart versus the British Bulldog. Bob Backlund gives us a presidential address. He wants the people to listen to classical music, not rock music. And he had a reason. I don't remember what it was. He's going to bring down the crime rate. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> that makes sense. Next week, we're going to have a superstar play a blistering guitar solo for you. And here's a guy who thinks rock and roll should be outlawed. (laughs) (laughs) At this time, I read read in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, June 5th, that WWF is talking with Dustin Rhodes, who hasn't wrestled since March in WCW. WWF wants to turn him heel, and he would debut on Superstars in August. So he does go through all that he won't be dustin Rhodes, though yeah so i still to this day i know they put a lot into it but i still this this texas redneck country boy who has good size already so you would think he could get over basically is just a version of himself to this day now i thank him for doing it because it brought us a lot of laughs i still can't believe that man signed that contract with that concept laid out ahead of him he's great i think that it's one of those things that dustin is dustin's still wrestling but he is in the twilight of his career but i think because he had that run and showed that range he is considered one of the all-time greats at this point. And on, think about it. How many people in the history of wrestling would not have been ruined by that gimmick? Uh, yeah, most of them would have been. They, yeah. Especially okay, especially in 1995. If that gimmick came along these days, there's plenty of people that would have their issues with it. Yeah. But it would be fine in those days it was he was way over the top but he actually turned it into i guess in the end a beloved character exactly yeah like it went from this creepy weird i don't i really don't even want to what you know like when he wrestles he's fine but all the crap in between was like i don't even want to watch his promos and this that and the other thing and he turned it into this lovable mankind and sako he went from the lunatic to the guy with the sock on his hand like and it takes a certain talent to get something like that over. Well, it won't be long, and we'll be talking about him on Monday Night Raw. And I actually am really looking forward to seeing how those first couple of appearances go. Okay, the Daily Wrestling News Show is a Minutes to Bell Time production. Find out more at minutestobelltime.com. Today's episode was recorded by Ryan Joy and John DeConti. Subscribe to the Daily Wrestling News Show on your podcast player of choice and join us in the Daily Wrestling News Show Facebook group. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode of the Daily Wrestling News Show where we talk about one of John DeConti's very favorite wrestlers, Jake the Snake Roberts. We'll see you then. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. See you then.